following is a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net. Welcome to the system is down. So it was brought to my attention a few months back that my mom not only found the podcast, found out about it, she started listening to it, which was uncomfortable for me. And I, I know that might be weird because different families have different dynamics and things like that. Um, I, I didn't even know that my mom knew what a podcast was, so didn't think that that was going to happen. But not, not that I was trying to hide it from her or anything, but I know for a fact that there's a lot of things that we talk about on the show, a lot of the topics, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the beliefs and viewpoints that I express and even the ways that I express them that she would have frowned upon back in the day, and I know that there's some of them that she's not thrilled about now even. So rather than pretending like this side of me doesn't exist and that uh, I am her perfect little angel that she once thought, you know, this is the uncomfortable podcast, I'll just have her on the show. We'll talk about it. We'll get real and uncomfortable and lay it all out there and see what happens. So that's what we're doing today. So... What is up, Downers? Welcome back to the least comfortable show on the web. The system is down where we talk about all the uncomfortable topics like conspiracies, politics, and religion, all the things that your family just prays that you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. If you're new here, go give a firm handshake and a thank you to the person who invited you because it's going to be a fun one. And if you're one of the many people who tune into the show every single Monday morning for your weekly dose of discomfort, then welcome back. Congratulations. Thank you. And you're welcome. Now, like I said, this episode is the one-on-one sit-down conversation that I had with my mom. We talked about all the things. We talked about my childhood, my upbringing, her childhood, and her upbringing, and we got into, of course, the conspiracies, politics, and religion. The conspiracies and politics, I never knew anything about when I was a kid. I'd never heard of any of these things until adulthood. We didn't talk about them. I don't know why they became such a big point in my life, but they are. Now, she's my mom, so... Of course, she got special treatment. I didn't interrogate her or dig too deeply into it, these topics to the point of extreme discomfort or you know pushback or anything like that. Um, if any of you came on the show, it would be different, but she raised me, so she gets a little leeway. But we dug deeper into these topics than we ever have before together. She enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. It was a really good conversation. I want to get into it as quickly as possible, but before we do, of course, I have to remind you guys that if you're not already in the Downers Club you are only getting maybe one-third of the full story. That is, the system is down. The Downers Club is our patron program where you can be a part of the show and support us and help us keep growing and building this thing into something bigger, better, and more uncomfortable for as little as $5 a month. And in return, you get a plethora of bonus audio content. We typically do two to three bonus episodes every single week. We do bonus shows like Would You Rather Wednesday, The Anti-News, uh, Rotten Potatoes Movie and TV Reviews. We do uh, we do extended interviews with a lot of our guests whenever we can, and much, much more. So if you want to help us out want to keep this show going, uh, all you got to do is go sign up for the Downers Club at tsidpod.com forward slash support, and I promise you will not regret it. Anyway, all that said, and without further ado, here's my conversation with my favorite guest that I've ever had on the show, my mom. Let's get weird. All right, my guest today is uh, somebody who goes by the name of Mom because uh, she's my mom. Mom, happy hey. Mother's Day. How are you? 
I'm good. <laughs> How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. Oh, no Very problem. Very strange and randomness. Um, so this is coming out the day after Mother's Day. Uh, so this is either Mother's Day gift to you or to me, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. Right. Uh, so this is probably our first time sitting down at length for a one-on-one discussion in how many years? Forever. Maybe 30? Yep. <laughs> Since I taught you to read, probably. Right. <laughs> so uh, we'll start with, this isn't going to be an interrogation or anything terrible. But no tough questions, then. There might be some, there might be some tough-ish ones, but... It's the uncomfortable podcast, so something. Okay. If I don't get. know the answer, then that's fine. Huh? <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But so I'll start with saying, "I love you," and here we go. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, that makes it all worth it. So that uh, that said, dare I ask, how many episodes of the system is down have you listened to? How many has there been? Uh, about fifty-four. I'll give you an estimate. <laughs> Twenty-five. Mm. That's more than you thought, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> and I say, dare I ask, because I I found out that you were listening, and I didn't want to know how many you were listening to. <laughs> it's okay. The first one I listened to was the Juanita Roderick. Is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah. And then I just was interested. You know, I looked at the titles of the topics, mm-hmm. and any that sounded interesting, I'd listen to. Any Any disappointing ones yet? There's some a little disappointing, but not surprising. It's no, no, nothing that was a biggie. No, sure. Uh, so give a little bit of your your background, your upbringing, as far as like faith and politics and family structure and that type of thing. Well, I was raised in a non-Christian family, and they, when they never went to church, they claimed they were Catholic for a little while when I was really young, but that only lasted maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to be a teenager. And somebody invited me to church, and so I started going to church with them here in town, and that's where I met your dad, mm-hmm. and then went to church ever since. Got saved when I was 15, but was raised, like say, by non, non-Christian parents, and... Were they both, like, Catholic, or... No, neither one of them was really Catholic. They sent us. They didn't really go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and we went, like, say, when we went to catechism, is all, for maybe a year, but... Neither one, neither one of them was involved in church whatsoever, and one was kind of, the one parent was an abusive alcoholic, and the other one, she was just there. Sure. So. How about uh, politics? Where did they stand on that type of thing? Well, when I was little, I never ever remember them talking about politics till mm-hmm. I got to about junior high, maybe, and my mom was a Democrat for the longest time up till, I think, till Bill Clinton ran. Mm-hmm. And then she switched to the Republican side, and my other parent was a Republican too. Gotcha. What was kind of like the family structure and the family dynamic as far as like who made the decisions? Like, uh, what were what was their interaction as far as your parents? Well, before when I was really young, till I was eleven, we lived in the country with my mom and the person that was supposed to be my father, and there was no interaction. Just with my mother was all, and mm-hmm. so she made the decisions for us. But once we moved to Millersburg, it was a two-parent thing then. But she still made most of the decisions. Yeah, just because he worked too much or what? No, because he just wasn't involved. Didn't, wasn't too concerned about it. No, I wasn't. He he was there, but yeah, he wasn't too concerned. Yeah. 
Well, let's uh, let's get into some stories about. Uh, well, I'm sure a lot of what people want to know is stories about myself and from your perspective. So feel free to share okay, the best and the worst, and nothing is off the table. All right. I don't know if there's anything <laughs> worse, but uh, go ahead. Well, then you're not being honest. <laughs> no, I'll try to think of some, though. I'll try. <laughs> well, start with the start with the good stories, or what was I like as a child? You were very quiet. Even your sister and brother always remember, especially your sister, how quiet you were. And a lot like Kale was when he was little. Still very, is. And very sweet. Very quiet and very sweet. You'd hardly ever got in trouble when you were little. So you were, I was you were, the last child. Yeah, you, yep, you were the baby of the trouble? family. <laughs> and no, it's you, you just didn't. You were just too quiet, maybe. Sneakier. <laughs> no, maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you didn't get a chance to talk enough. <laughs> yeah. So You're a good kid. So any, like, what are some particular memories that stand out? Uh, my particular memories, was, or you want, well, one memory that stands out is since you were homeschooled till you were, your sister was in seventh grade, but you were in second grade when you were put in public school. Mm-hmm. And my one particular memory that stands out with you is when I taught you how to read. And your first word that you read was the word mom. And you were so excited when you <laughs> read the word and it dawned on you what it was. That that will always stick with me. Are you sure that's accurate? Or are you just nope, trying to is, make this more nope, flowery for the nope, Mother's that Day that was accurate. That I, I just love that memory. <laughs> Anything else? No, you just you were a good kid when I took, and you know I could take you places easily. You didn't get in trouble when you were little. You were a good kid. Well, I can't thanks. think of it. I'm trying to think of particulars, but it's hard. Yeah, if you come up with any stories, feel free to jump I'll back try. in. But uh, any anything bad? Anything that you remember negatively? Well, there was one time I remember, and I don't know if a lot of people know about this. That's fine, but. I don't even know if your sister even knows about it, but that you would go on your bike rides when you were in junior high. Do you know what story I'm about? I know what story you're going to tell. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> should, should I tell it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you would go on bike rides, and I would ask you, where are you going on your bike ride? And you always said, you're going down to the RMA Park. But I did not realize that you were going into the empty buildings down at the RMA Park. So then one day... Not just empty buildings. These are like abandoned, condemned abandoned buildings, buildings that are locked you know, up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one day I get a, a call from the police asking if I was the parents of Daniel Smolt. And it instantly, I, I yes, 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 something wrong? What's wrong? And they told me that you and your friend had went inside one of those abandoned bu- buildings and they had caught you in there and that it's unsafe and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I had to come down to the police station to get my son. Yep. Embarrassing. Well, I will. Uh, I'll call people out. Um, Craig and Jessica went in there too. I don't. I knew. I knew Craig did because I think. I think you had told me Craig did. I'm pretty sure Jessica did. Yeah, I, I might don't be know. wrong. But yeah, that story um, I remember very well because it was a very life shaking event. Because we we knew that we were guy, yeah. right. We we knew that we were doing something wrong, but we didn't ever think that the police would be called. And we were stupid enough, like we were climbing in through a window. And leaving your bike out set outside where left, they'd see it. Yes. There was a bush there that we didn't feel like putting the bike in because this was set back away from, you know, all of civilization. And you wouldn't think that anybody would even see them. Still a stupid mistake. But, um, yeah, we left the bikes out and saw the bikes and called us. And mm-hmm. we remember seeing the cop car pull up. We saw him out the window. And uh, we ran down and tried figuring out a way out but they would it would have been impossible because we wouldn't have had our bikes if we had gotten away with it but good times and uh yeah 
those were uh, the, the good old days. Did you uh, have any stories like that from oh, your childhood? Oh yeah, of course. That's why <laughs> it didn't surprise me because we would right. ride our bikes places we weren't supposed to go, but never in somebody else's building. But like what? You know, oh, just down the road and you know where we weren't supposed to be farther down the road than we were supposed to. We right. lived out in the country, so not anything that was a biggie. Yeah, and this wasn't out of the vicinity of where no, we were allowed just to go. A, a <laughs> just few blocks, an so. abandoned building that was within that vicinity. So, any other any other good juicy bad ones? Uh, I can't think of any bad ones. There probably were more. There were probably I'm sure there were some a lot that I didn't know about. I can tell you stupid little stories just of little kid things, but I can't think of anything bad. You can tell stupid stories, that's fine. Oh, I remember <laughs> when you insisted on taking your birthday gift with you to school and then coming out of the building without it crying. <laughs> what was that? It was thing? a Mighty Ducks action yep. figure. Yep. Uh, two of them that I had and sat them on top of the shelf. This was in like third or fourth grade, maybe I think it was third grade, and sat them on top of the shelf where our book bags go. And then somebody stole them, and I came out crying. And um, the boy that stole them uh, saw me crying about it. <laughs> uh, the boy that saw that what happened was when we got home. You suspect, you know, this kid had played with a lot, so we kind of wondered if it was mm. him. So I called him even and talked to him <laughs> on the phone and asked him. No, 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 he didn't have it, but it miraculously showed up the next day on, yeah, on that shelf. Mysteriously, which yep. means his mom yelled at him and said, you better put that back on uh-huh. the shelf. And don't tell anybody it was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either maybe that or he was guilt-ridden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I walked by him on the way out to talk to you the first time, so it, he might have felt bad about it then already, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, strange. And, and I remember another story when you were in, I think your fourth or fifth grade, I'd pick you up from school, and I rushed you, rushed you, rushed you, said, hurry, 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 and it was my fault, and then you hurried down the hall, and then you got yelled at <laughs> by one of the teachers there. Parenting. Yeah, so that was my fault, so I felt really bad. Well, it probably wasn't because I know now as a, a parent of two children that if you tell your kid to hurry, that means hurry before mm-hmm. it's time to leave, not mm-hmm. wait till the last minute and then sprint down the hallway and get in trouble mm-hmm. for it. So that probably wasn't your fault. <laughs> but when the teacher was yelling at you, he also didn't realize I was standing right behind him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I said something like, well, you didn't have to yell. But... Right. Well, you know, grade school politics. Mm-hmm. So is there anything from that time that you wish you would have done differently or better oh, yeah. if you could go oh, back. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've always <laughs> said that I would love to be able to go back and do it all over again, start all over when my kids were right past potty training, and start all over from there. <laughs> Cut out the bad parts yeah, where they're that's not even the talking. Worst part. <laughs> start from like three on and do it all over again because when I think when you're a young parent, you're more impatient. Yes. So when you get to be older, you get more patience. As grandparents, you're more patient. Right. Well, when you're and, younger, you have a lot more going on and yep. they're just thrown into the mix of it. Mm-hmm. And yet you have your hands full with so many of them. Mm-hmm. But when you're a grandparent, you don't have them all the time. So it's a lot easier to be patient too. Yeah. Just patience or anything else? I'm not saying that there should be anything else. Just I, curious. I <laughs> That's the main thing I've always thought of You know, over the years. I wish I could do it over again. To be patient, be a better parent. I don't know. And I loved it. I just loved yeah. Enjoyed it. So. Well, yeah, we're all just uh, doing our best and making it up as we go. And <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm sure yeah, that I'll yeah, have exactly. a, lot of, a lot of regrets in 20 years when my kids are interviewing me for something stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, we were at all, like, 
I mean, a lot of people think like homeschool kids or even like Christian kids are sheltered. And w- would you agree that you raised three at least a little bit socially awkward children? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you were sheltered. You, it could have been more sheltered, but it could have been less, of course. Right. But I think you were and very I, sheltered because I don't like the word sheltered because it has negative connotations on a positive word like you live under a shelter mm-hmm. and that's a positive thing but when it comes to protecting your kids from yeah i was definitely things. overly protective i was like a mother hen i kept you guys near me when we went visited other churches and stuff i was always very overprotective for you guys yeah do you think that uh that's you say like overly is that a negative no thing? i don't no? think so okay <laughs> Do you think that that played into at all of our social awkwardness, if you think that we have social awkwardness, which I don't think any of your children would disagree with the fact that we have some social awkwardness? Mm, <laughs> I, I know, know because I speak to them. <laughs> I don't know. If it, it might be, you know, might play a little bit into it, but you might, you're born with your personality for one thing, so sure. you still might have been a little bit awkward. <laughs> well, Because I went to public school and I'm socially awkward, so yeah. that, that does make a difference. Now, would you agree that our family wasn't uh, probably the best and probably still isn't the best at communication or expressing emotions? Does that come as any surprise to you? (laughs) Definitely not the best at communication with each other. I like to communicate with all my kids freely. I talk to you guys as much as I can, probably too much. (laughs) Dad's kind of quiet, though. I invited you here, so... Yep, Dad's kind of quiet, though. But still socially awkward because... You know, I love talking to you guys, but if I go to a, you know, a function like a potluck at the campground or something, then I really don't want to visit with anybody. Right. So I'm socially awkward. Right. Well, I mean, as far as like expressing emotions and feelings and things like that, which you and dad were neither raised in really emotive families and very, um, very squash it all down. If you have a feeling... I always say this to Kayla because I'm not very emotive, but I'm like, I was raised thinking if you have a feeling, you bury it deep down inside you, and then maybe eventually one day you'll die. Really? <laughs> okay. I, it's a joke, but okay. anyway, <laughs> I I don't know. I I was never raised very. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by emotional, like the huggy type or loving you type, showing love and emotion. Yeah. My my family certainly didn't. Right. And I I don't I can count. I bet my folks haven't hugged me more than in my entire life, more than five times. I mean, not emotional, not lovey dovey type family. Right. And if my one of my siblings would kiss my mom, she gets all offended. She, <laughs> she, literally, How she, dare you? she she doesn't like it. <laughs> she doesn't like the touchy feely stuff. I just want to hug you, hug you every time I see you. But mm-hmm. do you think that Dad was raised similarly? Yep, I think so too. I don't think they're I the hugging. Certainly think so. <laughs> hugging type either, because I don't. Know, I don't know if maybe it was like that back then, but neither neither side was. The non-Christian side wasn't hugging, mm-hmm. loving, you know, showing love, expressing love, and neither was the Christian. So yeah, even though in church it's different like that back then, you'd be <laughs> hugging people, right? Yeah, I think it's a different time, and just depends on where they were. And uh, I mean, I would say that we didn't even really have grandparents for the most part. I mean, they were there for the holidays, but like Kayla would have like one-on-one time with her grandparents, 
or like she would go and have a day with her grandma and stuff like that and mm-hmm. just by herself and stuff. And I'm just like, I can't even imagine that happening for mm-hmm. us. Like if we went there, it was because we needed a babysitter. <laughs> like yep, yep. We were just a chore for them, it seemed like. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty much, but. Uh, more on my side, I think, though, but pretty much, yeah. But I think I'm both. <laughs> uh, uh, well, for my in my past too, for grandparents, you know, I my grandmother on my on one side died when I was very young, and then the grandmother on the other side, my mother's mother, I didn't see all that much. But mm-hmm. for grandpa, I never had a grandpa on on the one side ever. And then on the other side, I had a step grandpa that never spoke to me not once in my entire life. Right. That he was just quiet and he was just never there for anybody but yeah and that's what i mean on kind of the emotional stuff like kayla's grandpa you know dave who died right yep, yep. Mm-hmm. he's like i mean he's had like a extremely troubled past and everything and he's able to or he was before he died he was very emotive and telling everybody how he feels about everything not not that i am and i'm judging you for anything but he was and it seems like that was extremely lacking in uh, you guys as parents and it, you guys were, I, I, you were definitely better than your parents. <laughs> so oh, I, I will say I that. Try. I try. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do you, do you think that there was any, you gave affection, hugs and compliments and stuff like that, but do you think that there was any lack of the ability to talk about personal issues oh, yeah. or problems and stuff like that? For me? Yeah. To talk about, to talk about my past, there was, I didn't want to talk about my past too mm-hmm. much since it was so miserable. But I always was determined I was not going to be like that. Right. That I was not going. That I wanted to cherish my kids and love my kids. That that they were my purpose in life. So I've been doing this podcast for just over a year now, and I now know that you've listened to a lot of them. Um, and you said that there weren't too yeah, many. Yeah, I figured you'd be surprised. There weren't too many disappointing <laughs> ones. Um, is there anything that you disagree with? I'm sure there there has to be. And if you say that there isn't, then you're lying. Because <laughs> there's we've talked about a lot of things that would probably, it would definitely have pushed your buttons back in the day, at least. Oh, there's, of course. <laughs> well, I don't agree with, just, a, say, I haven't listened to any r- r- real recently, but mm-hmm. you know I'm against the drinking part, so mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you that. But I've got that down as a... Topic later on. I figured. That's because <laughs> the way I was raised also. Sure. But. Uh, Any Anything like actual topical stuff that we've discussed? Oh, that I disagree with? Oh, I don't know if I disagree with. Uh, the one thing about the flat earth is interesting. I would say, needless to say, I don't know if I would agree with it, it but it is very interesting in, in a comical way sometimes. But if it's you, interesting. You told me five years ago that I would give it that theory any Uh thought i would say you're effing crazy and now if you told me in six months you're going to be talking to your mom about flat earth (laughs) i would say no absolutely whenever (laughs) i hear anything odd like that then i think of the word conspiracy i think oh maybe it's a conspiracy well that's a good segue into my next (laughs) topic the show is about conspiracies politics and religion so i'd like to get a little bit of your background uh, or like your thought processes on all three of them so what are your thoughts on conspiracies because of course flat earth is quite a conspiracy but there's more minor ones like you know 9-11 and chemtrails and stuff like that is that anything that even crossed your mind because it's not something that we talked about in childhood it's not something that i was raised with but uh, well more so since i listened to the your podcast but 
uh, I, I've always thought, and more so since I listened to the podcast, that I've said said it, you know, to my mom when she's riding to work with me and stuff. That uh, there's a lot that maybe the government's doing that we don't know about, that they don't want us to know about. Yeah. And so yeah, I'd be surprised if there wasn't things that they were doing that we didn't know about, like. The article I'd read once about the planes going over and dropping stuff that Chem could trails. be, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and that's people will disagree with it, but it's almost completely one hundred percent proven. Mm-hmm. And even there's video online of a person calling NASA and talking to a NASA employee, and them they're recording it, and the NASA employee is saying, "Yes, we're dropping this, this, and this. We're doing tests with this and this," and um. She's like, well, I don't approve of that, and why are you doing this to us? And I'm like, well, we're just it's it's nothing harmful. It's just whatever. But it's like, if you're testing it, then how do we know it's not harmful? Well, there's another thing. There was a article or a news story on the other day about we have one of those Alexas. Mm-hmm. And you have one. I do, and I'm not proud of it. And Kayla yeah, bought it. <laughs> well, I think she said she wanted as a she, gift or a party wanted, yeah. or something. But anyway, I still disapproved of it. <laughs> and, and we have one which we got as a gift, and I I like it. But there was an article on the news the other day that they were talking about it, like giving it a review. And the one thing, the con that they said about it was somebody's always listening. Mm-hmm. And the guy talking to him said, well, who's listening? Well, somebody's got to be listening, he said. Right. And what are they doing with that information then? Well, I've asked Alexa many times, uh, is the the NSA or the CIA or whoever listening right now? And she's like, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> sure, Alexa. Great. <laughs> But yeah, she brought it home, and my, of course, even when she won it, I was there with her. It was at a the bank Christmas party. And she won it, and I was like, "That's not going to be plugged into my house." No. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked when I heard you'd had one. So, yep. Yeah. Convenience, though, convenience mm-hmm. comes with a fee, and that even goes into the Facebook stuff that's going on, where they're, you know, selling our information, but it's their platform, and you gave them all your information, and they have to make money somehow. So. It's it's free. It's free for you to use it, but there is a fee of your privacy. Which cost. Yep. So any other conspiracies that you've dug into at all, or at least that you have maybe even heard, just like looked into any of these outside of my podcast? Because I'm certainly not. No, not really. Not, okay. I haven't really looked into them. <laughs> Once I hear, uh, I've heard of them on your podcast, a few of them I've looked up, like the Bigfoot one, that was interesting, mm-hmm. and the... Uh, Landing on the moon and the nine one one and stuff like that. Yeah. And the nine one one, I did look into that after I heard it on your story because I was surprised because there was something about one of the buildings they had announced had fallen yep. and they before Building it seven. had fallen. Yeah, so that that was interesting. I had to look that one up. So. Yep. Do you think it's strange that? Um, I mean, you grew up in a non-internet world, right. so completely different. But it feels strange to me that people don't even know about these things, like you. And you're my mom, and mm-hmm. um, I've been digging into these things a lot, uh, but they don't come up in conversation. And the idea of the podcast is the things that your pa- your your family hopes you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. But yeah, do you if, think if, that if, people if, should be looking into them more? Yeah, if, without the internet, it's hard to look up a lot of this stuff. Like when our Illinois governor was running, there was stuff about him out that if I hadn't looked it up on the internet, I wouldn't have known. Right. I, I, that happened in local government. Right. And that's yeah, so. a guy that we probably met on the street someday who had a big uh, conspiracy around him. And uh, imagine what is going on in the, the upper mm-hmm, areas. Exactly. 
So, uh, final thoughts on conspiracies. Do you think they're they're all true or they're all crazy or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. Some uh, I'm wouldn't be a bit surprised if some were true. Yeah. It's like how could they not? How could they all possibly be false? <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past government officials if some of it was true. Yeah, that's the other problem with the internet is that there's way too many of them now, and people like Alex Jones and people who make idiots of themselves and say that they're conspiracy people make everybody else look bad. But yeah. Hey, Dan Smots here. I'm taking a second to interrupt myself talking to talk about myself because, you know, I don't get paid a penny for the hours and hours that I put into creating this show for you guys in your greedy little ears. And I've got a family to feed. To make that happen, I run my own media business called Goulash Media. If you have a need in anything from video production to graphic design to audio production and beyond, you can get it all for a painfully fair price at Goulash Media. In video, I do weddings, music videos, commercials, pageants, plays, etc., etc., etc. For design, I do photo editing, album art, logos, branding, business cards, merchandise, you name it. For audio, I do engineering, production, editing, jingles, and, well, podcasts. So if you've got a media need of any kind, or if you'd just like to give a little something back and help keep my children fed, check out all the endless options at my website, goulashmedia.net. That's goulash, G-O-U-L-A-S-H, media.net, where we cater to the little guy with the big vision. (sighs) Okay. So... Politically, what's your stance right now? I know that in your generation, talking about politics, politics and religion, I actually heard it on a movie or something recently from back in that time. They're like, they always say, you know, everybody knows politics and religion, the two things you don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, at my family side, that my both my parents are re- staunch Republicans, and you don't talk about politics unless you're talking favorable for a Republican. Right. And, no matter what that Republican stands for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm, a, I'm a Republican, but I wouldn't necessarily vote straight Republican ballot mm-hmm. per se, but I'm a Republican. But Yeah. What are things that you, that sway your decision on voting? Abortion issues, number one, mm-hmm. that they have to be against abortion or I won't vote for them. That is the number one. Yeah. I don't, you know, taxes is important, but not nearly as important as that. That is the number one for me. That's yeah. the deciding factor, even. Sure. And I I agree that abortion, I, I, I'm not a fan, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, something that I've, a point that I've raised a lot on the podcast is um, one issue voters. It's like, you voted for George W. Bush and probably George H. W. Bush and probably Donald Trump because they were anti-abortion. Uh, George H.W. was in for eight years, George W. was in for eight years, and we still have abortion. So does it really matter? It I, does matter to me. I mean, I mean, definitely the idea matters, but do you think that they're, they honestly are anti-abortion, or are they saying what you want to hear? I think some are saying what you want to hear, for sure. So I think our current president, he used to be pro-abortion years ago is what i've read not not long ago (laughs) yeah that's what i've read so i wondered is he saying just what the people want to hear yeah yeah. do you take into account the whether or not they're evangelical christian and have that sway like i take i've always said that every, every person who gets into the white house um they have to say they're an evangelical christian otherwise they won't get in do you think that it matters what they say on that well 
I would like them to be evangelical Christian, but I'm like you that they, are they just saying it to appease the people that, that I, my deciding factor is still going to be the abortion issue. Sure. If there was uh, an atheist or a Muslim who was like, I am an atheist or a Muslim, but I also think that uh, abortion should be outlawed completely. Would you vote for them? Depends on who they're running against (laughs) and what the other person's statement is. If it was the better of the two. Right. You know. So, yes. If it was an atheist or what? What's my other choice? (laughs) Well, atheist, Muslim, anything that you disagree with, like on faith, would you still vote for them if they were like, these things that you hold more important, if, I agree with you on If they were pro, pro-life and the opponent against them was pro-abortion, yeah, they'd get my vote. Do you think that there's a problem with the two-party system? That, Or do you want to have more to decide between? <laughs> or does yeah. it just make yeah. it easier to decide? <laughs> I, would, I wish they had more than two to decide. For, because it seems like if anybody's not Republican or Democrat when they run, it's like they don't even have a chance. Right. So, yeah. Have you looked into, like, the Libertarian Party at all? A little bit. Yeah? Just because of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, I, and, 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 and most of it I agree with, so, yeah. Yeah. In Donald Trump's defense, the only reason I ever got into politics was because I'm like, well, let's see what this tire fire is all about <laughs> and see what's going on over here. And definitely he's done well for getting people interested in politics for better or for worse. But uh, that's the reason why I got into libertarianism. And um, so my libertarian listeners will probably want me to ask you, do you think that taxation is theft? Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. Because we are just overtaxed is the thing. They They tax the dollar when somebody pays me. They've taxed it, my employer, he, he's paid the tax on it, and then I pay the tax on it, and mm-hmm. then when it goes to the store, somebody else pays the tax on it. The single dollar is just taxed and taxed and taxed. Yeah, even more simply than that is, I mean, what's the definition of theft? It's taking something that doesn't belong to you, mm-hmm. to whether it's going to a good purpose or not. Like, even with, um, let's say, like public education... Uh, if your taxes go towards public education and you are homeschooling your kids, like even if you agree with that or whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is that uh, the government is saying you owe us this money that you made just because, uh, because that we think that this needs to happen. And if you don't pay that money, what's going to happen? We're going to come to your door. We're going to take it from you. And if you don't do that, we're going to throw you in jail or we're going to shoot you or something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the definition of theft. So if, if somebody took your came into your house, took your money and said, I'm going to put this to a good cause and give it to a nice charity, it's like, great, give me my money back because that's theft. Right. Do you disagree? <laughs> well, I think we need the public systems, but I don't know any other way to fund it. But the, the one gripe I have about taxes is when we have – when you bring up the taxing for the public schools – but the, that's on a property tax that it's paid for. So the people that are renting their homes don't pay anything towards the schools, but their kids go to that school too. Right. So that's unfairly taxed. You know, we're not evenly taxed even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think at the very least it should be like like a localized thing. Like, like do you want to live in this community? Then you have to deal with mm-hmm. what this what you agree on to live in this community. But federal taxes, like we're funding wars or we're funding 
abortions that we disagree with. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay that money that you don't know where it's going and they're not using it wisely, you're Mm -hmm. giving it to some idiot who has no idea what he's doing with his money. And uh, I'm not just saying Donald Trump. I'm saying the whole federal government and everything. Um, we're like trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. Clearly, they don't know how to balance a budget, but we're like, sure, take it, because if we don't give it to you, no matter what it's going to, um, you'll come and kill us or lock us up or something. Mm -hmm. It seems like when Craig, your dad gets his paycheck, after we take out for taxes and Social Security and and every little thing that's nickeled and dimed, it's gotten close to being 45% of that check is going out. Yeah. For all that. Yeah. Going out for all of who knows what, mm-hmm. because most people don't even look into it. What's your stance on like, um, and I don't want to get in too deep because it's, if you don't look into it, it's fine. I'm not going to drill you other thing, but like on like foreign policies or like immigration, stuff like that with the wall or Syrian immigrants. Do you have thoughts on that? Because those thoughts can differentiate based on your religion or your politics or whatever, depending on where you're I'm all for legal immigration. Mm-hmm. It's what, what our country is established on, but illegal immigration, it's illegal. Sure. But the, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, I don't know if you've noticed in the news recently how the immigrants that were, that are coming up, it's been in the news this week and how they want to, you know, cross into, and they've come all the way, all the way North up to Tijuana. Why aren't they crossing clear down? At the border of Texas, if they want to come in. Right. That's the only thing I couldn't understand. But I am for legal immigration, but I'm not for illegal immigration. So do you think wall or no wall? I think wall. You think wall would stop them? No. (laughs) Then why wall? (laughs) That's another tax thing that you're going to have to pay for. It would help. I mean, Mexico is supposedly going to pay for it, but they're not. Everybody's (laughs) against it, but there's so many countries that do, that do have the wall. So we're we're one of the few that don't. Uh, I don't think it's that common. Well, I've read. I don't. I couldn't right off the bat tell you which ones, but there are other ones yeah. that do. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree. I, I that's actually something that I'm still up in the air on. I don't know because do we have a country if we don't have you know a border? If our borders aren't secure, is it a country? Do I care if it's a country or not? Because you know, if you're going like like I said, it can be you know religious too. Um, I would say probably the most biblical form of um, a political structure is anarchy because Jesus was all about no kings, no rulers. You guys work together. And I mean, obviously, that's totally hypothetical, but uh, I have a problem with the whole, you know, we're us and we need to stay here. I also have a problem with foreign policies of going and helping every other country and spending every dime that taxpayers have on blowing other countries into peace or whatever they think they're doing. But yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a complicated subject. So I'm not against people. I'm not against immigrants. It's just come in the legal way. You know, right. it's not impossible. So. Well, what about like Syrian refugees or like people from war-torn countries that are coming here? Each one is a different case. Right. You know, so you have to evaluate each one, but that's time-consuming, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. It is, but you know, it's life. Some yeah. of those come in illegally or come in legally too. So yeah, I, yeah, I I'm not against anyone coming in legally. So right, and I don't have a strong stance on any of it. Um, I don't a, have a real strong a hypothetical utopia. Yes, let them all in, and we'll all flourish and be great. But if there's socialist welfare or socialist 
you know, healthcare or anything, and they're just going to walk across the border and get to take taxpayer dollars to fund themselves, and that's a problem. I don't know. There, there's a lot to it, and I still don't know where I stand on it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just wish everyone could come in legally, but then when I think of it as their side of the view, their point of view, you know, what they're leaving, you know, right. it'd be hard not to want to come. So right. You can't even imagine what they're going through and what they're fleeing from. But I got to go back to it. You said okay. yes, wall. Um, <laughs> what what difference do you think it's going to make, other than a trillion dollars out of the trillion dollar budget that we're uh, in debt? I don't know. That's a tough question. I thought you weren't going to ask me any tough questions. <laughs> I told you it'd get uh-huh. a little bit uncomfortable. For me, these aren't even, like, uncomfortable questions. We'll get into more uncomfortable. I don't want to flip-flop here. <laughs> so I'm still going to stay. say I'm for the wall. You're, you're not a politician, so you can yeah. have oh, you can change your now. mind. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's how politicians should react when they are given new information. Mm-hmm. They should change their mind and not be called flip-floppers because that's how humans work. Well, we need something, some system. Like I said, I'm for legal immigration. It's hard to keep people legal, I guess, but I don't know. I think it's hard to take a stance on it, but I am for legal immigration. So and, legal, and you hate to spend that much money, like you say, on a wall. So, but yeah, that's not going to do anything. They have ladders in Mexico, but <laughs> or well, they can well, dig underneath it, or they can just row around it on the coasts. Well, I don't know where it was when I told you that they were going up to Tijuana what wall it was, but they showed people just sitting on top of this wall. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. as high as the one, of course, Donald Trump wants to build, but... Supposedly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean Mexico wants to build. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I agree that they should be coming in legally, but let's say take the wall out of the equation. What What is the the worry or like and also like with people who are here illegally how do you deal with them how do you deal with their kids their grandkids and everything right now i don't know how they're dealing with it now the daca program doesn't seem like it's that working that great but mm-hmm. i don't know how i don't know what the answer is to that okay well, we'll move on so the the last topic that we typically talk about is religion, which is probably the most important in this uncomfortable conversation. So uh, what's your current stance on religion and your faith and everything like that? Uh, my current stance is pretty much the same as it always been. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a little bit better. Which is what? Well, that I'm a Christian, that I've asked Jesus to forgive me my sins. and which brand I try to of live Christian from every day. Hmm? Which brand of Christian are you? <laughs> The good brand. <laughs> <laughs> the right ones. <laughs> the right ones. The I first just, right church of I don't know. <laughs> rightness. <laughs> right. I, well, I just do my best, you know, to serve him. And Yeah. Well, why, why do you believe what you believe? Why are you a Christian? Why do you think that way? Well, the Bible says that he died for my sins, and I, and I feel him. I know that he did, mm-hmm. and he's there for me. He's somebody that's always going to be there for me. Always has been there for me. So sure. Do you have any issue with the circular reasoning of the Bible says so? I believe the Bible because the Bible says it, I should believe it. Do I? Do I agree with that? Like, I, I do you think it. that there's circular reasoning in that? Well, the, the the Bible is God's word, but I believe what God's word says. But I also believe it because I feel Him there. That I know He's there. Sure. I don't 
it's not based just on what the Bible says. Sure. Yeah, I think that's more important is your experiences. Do you have experiences that you can speak to that are why you, especially raised in a not borderline not religious household? Um, it wasn't borderline not religious. Well, it was not not religious, religious except they'll throw you into a. A Catholic church whenever they feel like it. <laughs> no, that that was just a short period. Right. We were we were heathens. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what can you speak to for why you think that way, or where did you come to that conclusion? Oh, when I was a child, like I said I was raised by one of my parents' abusive alcoholic, and once I got saved, it was somebody was always there for me. Somebody always loved me. He was always there for me, and I never had that before. What if um. What if one of us died in childhood? Would you still feel the same way? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'd know if you died as a child, I'd know you were in heaven, and someday I'd meet you there. I'd be there. Heaven wouldn't be the same without you. (laughs) I appreciate that. You say that you know that we would be there. If you died as a child, I know you would be there. (laughs) At which age? (laughs) When you're not accountable. (laughs) But now, as adults, you know, we all can all have that promise, too, to be there. Well, do you think that there is, like, an age of accountability, or do you think that there's a time where you should be afraid? (laughs) I don't know if there's an age of accountability. I've always heard it's when you know the difference between right and wrong. So some Mm -hmm. people, that's going to be a different age. Right. Yeah, depending on your mental state. And Yeah, depending on your mental state. And I don't think there's any reason to be afraid, because God's a God of love and Problem is that <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we were taught. You were a child. <laughs> and I, I've 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 mentioned it on the podcast before, so feel free to stick to it or whatever. Say whatever it is. Um, but we were taught that you know God sent His Son Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. He died for you. He gave this big sacrifice and everything. Uh, but if you think a naughty word before you go to sleep and you die in your sleep, then you're screwed and you're going to burn in an eternal lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Do you think that? Well, <laughs> if you think something, you would be tempted. And if you're tempted, that doesn't mean you're sinning just because you tempt- you're tempted, though. Okay. So, uh, if you say something before you if, go to if sleep. If you sin before you went to sleep and you didn't ask forgiveness, that's what you ask me. I remember <laughs> once talking to somebody that was a Baptist and... And I and I didn't didn't believe in the once saved always saved type of theory, but I remember telling this person that I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. If I die and there's way more people in heaven than I expected, I will be thrilled. That'd be super awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll be thrilled <laughs> that I wasn't didn't want to take the chance myself, but I would be thrilled if that's how it was. If I was wrong, if I am wrong, that would be great. Right. I know who you're talking about, but, uh, and I'll say uh, it's my wife because uh-huh. when we were dating, uh, there was a big hang up here because we thought, um, I was raised believing and I thought hardcore, if you, you know, do one thing wrong, then everything's off the table, mm-hmm. you're screwed. And on like our second date, I met her parents and her dad was like, well, I hear you guys believe this and this and this. And they were Baptists, as you said. And they believed once saved, always saved. And he gave anecdotal evidence to why I shouldn't believe that because their uh, very nice and loving and wonderful friend died in died at a young age in an accident. And 
<laughs> guilted me into thinking, eh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know what to say here. I was put on quite a spot to explain that. In that situation, what would be your response to that person? Just what I said, that God is a God of love, and there's forgiveness for every sin, that we have to ask for forgiveness. But who knows? Some, you know, Even if that was the case, who knows what that person was thinking on their last breath, even. Right. They might have prayed on their last breath. They might not have served God their whole life, but on their last breath, asked for forgiveness. About- we, may, we may see people in heaven we didn't know. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that ideology of like, do you, do you think that it's based on works? Because you have no. to be constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and accounting for everything. And if you forget something, are you screwed? Or it, my problem with it is that God sent his son to die for us. But we have to not only accept that, we have to be constantly in the state of, I'm sorry for that thing that I thought. I'm sorry for that thing that I did. I'm sorry that I, whatever. A lot of times when I pray, I don't necessarily pray for every little thing like that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And over the years, I've gotten to where I pray for, forgive me for not keeping you first, God. Because if you mm. keep him first, then you won't be doing this and this and this if, if it was something you shouldn't be doing. Right. So do you think that that covers that? I mean... That those are different sins that were well, a pray, result of yeah. you not keeping them first. Yeah, I pray, forgive me for not keeping you first. Forgive me for all my sins. I don't sit there and rattle off every little thing. I'll say, forgive me of all my sins. But right. I, I don't think it's, I'm not saved because of my works, because my works are filthy rags. But Yeah. Still, do you, do you think that that kind of diminishes his sacrifice for us? If when we don't say, I'm sorry for this, we go to hell forever. Like, do you think that that diminishes the love that, I mean, you make the, uh, the parent representation, like, can you even imagine saying, cutting you off, go burn. Some parents do, (laughs) but no, no. (laughs) I could never do that. But I don't, I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm not going to, I'm not willing to Take a a chance. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. So So fireproof. I want to (laughs) be. Yeah, I I have a little bit of an issue with that as far as like relationally. If we're supposed to have like this relationship with God and everything and we're supposed to trust him and all that. And he created us in his own image and he put the thoughts in our mind that we have in one degree or another, whether it was forming them back then and we formed into us now where he's if you go the calvinist way he's forming all of our thoughts but um i have a little bit of a problem with like you're supposed to have a relationship with this being but also he doesn't understand like why you would think this thought or say this thing or do this thing i don't think he puts every thought in your mind or creates every thought in your mind. But it comes from him at some point, because he made you, and he made you with the brain that you have. Yeah, but the devil can tempt you with thoughts that shouldn't. Sure. So then it isn't anything to do with God. Right. But is it loving? He is a loving God. <laughs> he loves me no matter what. No matter what sins I, I have done. Just like my, I will love you no matter what sins you have done. Since I, I started this like podcast. <laughs> I won't necessarily like all of them, but I'll always love you. And he will always love us. It, but, but like I said, I don't know 
you know, what's the right and wrong answer that you want, but I will ask for forgiveness because, you know, I'm, I'm sorry when I do something wrong. Even if you don't have to be, have to be, I am, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Sure. Just, that's just how I am. I, I don't want to take a chance I hate to say <laughs> it like that, but he is a loving God. So sure. I say, if I get to heaven and there's more people there, great. Good deal. I'll be thrilled. Yeah, I've said on the podcast before that I uh, think that all Christians, well, I've said that I'm a hopeful universalist. I'm not a universalist. And a lot of people have said, oh, you're a universalist? Well, that's crazy. I'm not. I'm a hopeful universalist, and I think that all Christians are. Do you agree with that? Uh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be agreeing to. As far as like all all people eventually going to heaven. I hope that that's the case. I hope that we're all completely wrong. In the Bible, oh, maybe I'm, we got the Bible mm-hmm. wrong and everybody goes to heaven. I would hope that, but I would love for it to be that way, but I don't know if it... You know, I don't think it is that way. I don't think I'm it's that saying. way because <laughs> then Jesus wouldn't have needed to die on the cross if that was the case. Sure. So you've talked a lot about sin. What do you think is sin? <laughs> Anything that... I don't know. I don't know what what you want an exact definition, but anything that God doesn't want us to do, I would assume. Yeah. What do you base it off of? Off God's word and how God makes me feel. Maybe I don't know. Mainly off God's word, though. Yeah. But but you, God, and you know, sometimes if I do something, if I haven't necessarily read read it in the Bible, I might feel it's wrong. God will make me feel convicted, and I'll know it's wrong. Sure. So do you think it's like a one-on-one basis, like you, between you and God? I think there's a general rule, and it's the Bible to start with for everybody. The Bible's for everybody. It's not just for me. Sure. And a personal relationship with God, so. Yeah. Are you going to get to ex- explicit or a specific sin? Is that what you're going to bring up now? Of course. Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> well, you brought it up, so. I know what it is. Go ahead. If you're going to talk about alcoholism, mm-hmm. it is a sin in my to me. Sure. Now, if you don't want to feel it's a sin to you, that's fine. But there, you will never ever convince me that there's a good thing about it. Okay. Somebody raised by an alcoholic, you'll never convince me. Could I try? You could. You could try. It would. You'd never win on that. It's only caused heartbreak and pain and loss of financial stability. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into some of? Like your history with it? No, I don't. don't. Okay, that's fine. My only pushback to that would be um, I have a hard time speaking to people and emoting and, you know, being open with people when I don't have, I feel like, I I know that people have trouble with it and everything, but for me, it's uh, helped me have conversations that I never would have had before, like this one, and uh, talk about things that I would have feel really uncomfortable in talking about so yeah I, I i understand based on your history that that would be really hard and in the bible it says don't be drunk which i take to mean don't you know be not in control of yourself and don't not even just like at the time like if your finances or if your life is falling apart even if you're not getting blackout drunk but still you're ruining things i think that that uh is sinful what do you think about that? Well, I think I think it's sinful. But like say it could hurt your family, 
you know, with finances, it could hurt your family. If you're abusing anybody in your family, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't, is there's so many other things you could use that money towards that people waste so much money on that. Sure. Bible also says not to do something that would cause somebody else to stumble. Right. I agree. What about like uh, Jesus drinking wine and being all about well, wine? People say in the Bible. that they don't believe that was fermented wine, but I don't know. Well, he, I have no he idea. brought out the good wine at the say, end of so the night. I have no idea. So. <laughs> what is the good wine if it's not fermented? Just the I tastiest wine? <laughs> well, right now I don't have the good pop. Maybe tomorrow I'll have the good pop. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. I'm not going to push too much, and I'm not trying to, like... Only because you know it would never... You'd never convince me on that one, on that issue. Well, you never know. No, you, you never, never would. <laughs> is it just based off of your history with it? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, and that's understandable, and I get that. So what about things like um, like cussing? Do you think that that's sinful? For me, it would be, yeah. Okay. It might not be for somebody else, but it would be for me. Okay. Just cause, and I was raised, my family cussed all the time when I was a kid, and they still do. Yep. But I'm an, I would be way too uncomfortable to do it myself because I would feel convicted. I'm, I'm not going to say it's wrong for necessarily any everything that I think is wrong for me is necessarily wrong for somebody else because I'm not going to judge somebody else. Mm-hmm. I have a hard enough time keeping myself right, right that I'm not going to worry about somebody else. Sure. So you think that it's bad for you but not that big of a deal or what? I think it's bad for me. It would be wrong for me. If, if I did, it would, it would shock you, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be like... Yeah. You'd say, who is that? You'd be like, who is this? I would probably applaud, but... Yeah, right. You would be shocked. But I think it's wrong for me, and I'm uncomfortable when other people do, but... Sure. Do you think that's um, a religious thing or just a cultural thing? I think for me, it's... I think for me now, it's a cultural thing just because I haven't for so long, but... Mm -hmm. I never have because I got saved when I was young, but... Yeah. And a lot of the argument for not doing it, which... I don't necessarily disagree with is that, you know, abstain from all appearances of evil and all that. But I think that that is, we've taken that and made it 100% cultural. Like you would disagree with like dad's parents saying, you know, you can't play cards. You can't go to movies. You can't dirty dance or you can't dance (laughs) because people might think you're dirty dancing or all these things because people might think that you're doing something else. I mean, anything that you do, if somebody has a weird frame of mind, they might, take it as, you know, they might interpret it as something that you didn't intend for it to. Well, back then when people said stuff like that, we were worrying too much about what other people thought instead of worrying about ourselves, so I think. Right, yeah, and to add to that, like, um, there were things in our childhood, like Halloween, that we weren't allowed to do. I know. And now the only house that we always go to (laughs) on Halloween night with our kids for trick-or-treating is yours. Yeah, well, <laughs> really? That's the only one that's guaranteed that we're going to go to, no matter what. Well, I, I, I remember when you guys was kids, and, and in the church, they, they always made it talk like it's a non-Christian holiday, and, mm-hmm. you know, really promoted, you know, promoted you not doing it. So mm-hmm. we didn't. And it was like, back then, it was like, yeah, I was way worried about what other people thought. Right. And I've even told, I think, my daughter once that I wish I wasn't what would, would have taken you guys trick or treating and not worried about what other people thought. Yeah. How does that relate to cussing? I don't, as far I, as, I don't nobody cusses when they go trick or treating my house. Oh no, I, I mean <laughs> as far as like uh 
I mean, a lot of the issue with cussing, like I said, is like abstaining from appearances of evil, which is pretty much biblical reference to caring about what other people think about you. Um, uh, uh, for the cussing, it isn't what caring about other people think about me is. I'm just uncomfortable. I would be sure. way too uncomfortable to do it. I'd feel convicted. I. And there were also times in our childhood, I, I mean, our language progressed, which I don't... Oh, yeah. It, it's whatever. But... Like, we weren't allowed to say, like, crap, darn, dang, and definitely not freaking or anything like mm-hmm. that. Crud, even, like, there were lots it of things like that. It made me uncomfortable as well. Sure, so. yeah, and I, I think that a lot of that is just social. All those words stemmed back from, it was Christ, probably Christians who were like, we're not comfortable with this word, but let's have another expletive that means the same thing, but this is a word that means poop. Here's <laughs> another word that means poop. We're going to go with that one, because that one's safe. <laughs> And God likes that word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, and there, I mean, there's even instances in the Bible where, you know, they used hard words, which meant like the S word and stuff like that. And they said them because they were like, I have a point to make. I'm going to make it. <laughs> What's your take on that? I don't know what my take is on that. <laughs> Just that I would be uncomfortable saying. Sure. And like you say... I don't know if it has any more to do, you know, if you said it now, it wouldn't even phase me, but it's just a comfortable <laughs> issue. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Just didn't want my sweet little kids talking like that. that was I the, totally that was understand, the whole thing, yeah. and I won't allow my kids to talk that way either, whether I'm a hypocrite for saying so or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so another big issue for our childhood was um, music. <laughs> Are you having fun yet? I am. I'm having lots of fun. Okay, here. good. <laughs> uh, with music, we weren't allowed to listen to anything that wasn't expressly. They, if the people didn't say we're a Christian band, we weren't allowed to listen to it. Explain. <laughs> I like Christian music. Okay. I like K Love, even if you don't. <laughs> I don't. I know, but I do. Have any comments on K Love? <laughs> I, I like it, but. I don't know, you know, I know there's some music that you you wouldn't want your kids listening to, I'm Absolutely. sure. And so that's how it goes. We were parents. You're a parent. Sure. You ain't going to want your kids listening to some things, too. Absolutely. And I don't um, fault you for that at all. Um, I agree. And we, you've asked us, when our kids stay at your house, can your kids watch this movie or do this or whatever? And we say no, because we're we're sheltering too, quote unquote. But um, as far as like, we were allowed to watch secular movies. Like if they didn't expressly talk about God on a movie, we were allowed to watch it if it didn't have anything bad in it. Or, I mean, once we got to a certain yeah. age, if it was like a PG-13 mm-hmm. and they said a couple cuss words in it, that was okay because they said mm-hmm. it, you know, just one or two S words or whatever. But with secular music, if they... If they don't have any cuss words, but they just don't talk about anything or, you know, talk about God even. Creed was one band that I wanted to listen to, but you said I couldn't listen to them because they weren't expressly Christian. They had no cuss words. They had no sexuality, no nothing. They talked about faith a lot more than a lot of the Christian bands did. I wonder if it was more that I couldn't understand what they were saying, so I didn't know what they were saying. Creed. (laughs) (laughs) So, read the lyrics. Yeah. How do you know I wasn't listening to it in my room and hoarding the CD? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get into um, 
let me see if there's anything else here that I want to talk about before we should jump back to. I can give a a a worst story. All right. Go as, ahead. So we can end this on a higher note than grilling. I'm not intending to grill you. That's I'm right. sorry. This That's is okay. this is what I do with everybody in my church now and everybody on a regular basis. But um a <laughs> a bad story about me Aww. is uh not you. Yes. <laughs> do you remember the band Trapped? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I uh we were at Walmart and I knew that we couldn't listen to anything that wasn't quote unquote Christian. And there was this band that I had heard on the radio, Trapped. And it was an edited version of the album, but they weren't a Christian band. And I was like, hey, I heard this band on Christian radio. Can I get it? And you're like, how do you know it's Christian? I heard it on Christian radio. And you're like, sure. And then I took it home, and it was edited. So there was like three cuss words on the whole album. So PG-13 album. I told Craig, because we were in the same room at the time, that, hey, this isn't Christian, but... You know, you know, he says this word and that word, but it's really good music. And Craig told on me. Oh, what a spoiler. <laughs> yes. And then you made me throw the album away. Oh, what a good parent. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a squealer. <laughs> well, I, it, it, I was justified to make you throw it away just on the grounds that you lied and got it. Right. So. I agree. But so. my, my, my big issue with that is why was that a problem? I don't know. I don't remember that even happening, so I don't know. <laughs> I had other albums like uh, P.O.D. You remember the... I've, oh, yeah. I've told the P.O.D. story many times on the podcast. They were like my favorite band. Yep. And because of TVU, which was like Christian MTV, and I uh, watched their videos, and I was like, I'm going to get their album and everything. And then one day I walk in, and you and Dad are watching the Southtown video where they're oh, no. like... <laughs> They're getting tattoos on the video, and they're, like, partying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Christian partying, but with tattoos and edgy stuff. And they've got dreadlocks and everything. And you said, while we're watching it, you're like, oh, this is Daniel's favorite band. And then after that, Dad said, well, you're never going to listen to that band again. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Yep. You listen to it and listen to it all the time. This was before I listened to it all the time. And then after that, I got on the internet and kept sending Dad interviews with the band where they're talking about their faith and talking about their Christianity and everything. And then finally, eventually, after their satellite album came out, I was like, I want to get that album, even though I knew that you'd said many times, you're not going to listen to that band. And then we were at Walmart, and I was like, I want to get that album. And you're like, yeah, Dad said you could, so go ahead. This was after you'd sent Dad all the stuff, and he yes. what a he good, never talked to me about it. What a good parent! I agree, and I've yeah. said every time I tell the story, I say that's a testament to his good parenting because it was something that he's uncomfortable with based on his upbringing, and he imposed these it. things. And then I said, "Hey, look into this. Look into this." And then he was like, "I might be wrong," and then he agreed to let me have it. Not only that, but he allowed me to be in. Metal bands after that, and he took me to Cornerstone. Cartage all over, yeah. The first year Cornerstone was uh, Blindside, who you also said I could never listen to again, and mm-hmm. P.O.D. on main stage. And then at night, we were there at midnight watching Demon Hunter. Yeah, he Dad. took you to Cornerstone many years. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. I, I've always said that that's awesome, and I... It's a testament to his, uh, you know, his humanity and everything to be able to say, I could be wrong mm-hmm. about this. Right, That that's how... 
when you ask me stuff that we'd done when you were you were kids, it's, that's how it is. You know, we could have been wrong. We now now as older people, we go back and do it over, and we would do it better. <laughs> yes, and I'm again. I'm sure I will too. But yeah, and every time I tell the 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 band story it's like he came to my shows after that where i was playing mm-hmm. the devil music and then well, we came um, to your band i don't know if it's last year or the year before and listened to your oh yeah you, music. you still do yeah, yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. saying like back then you supported it and i very much appreciate that and not only that but you took dad took us to cornerstone many years and then after we stopped going to cornerstone dad kept going to cornerstone yeah. on his own <laughs> to all the music that his dad if he heard it would be like this is garbage so mm-hmm. i think that that's really important to show that mm-hmm. people grow people change right and we're all just figuring it out as we go right so you haven't given any good worst stories so <laughs> oh, you're a good kid. There ain't anything really terrible that I know about that you did all that much, but you're just a good kid. I, I only have good things to say about all my kids. They they all were just good kids. So. A total mom response. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that dad would have better stories on? Nah, you our probably wouldn't get bed? as much talking from dad. <laughs> so uh, my plan was to get mom on for the Mother's Day podcast and dad on for the Father's Day podcast, and he's currently vehemently against doing it so we'll he'd be see so if we can quiet. do it <laughs> he's so quiet he don't talk that much it'd be hard i think you ought to do for father's day have kayla interview you on fatherhood instead mm. yeah uh-huh. yeah that could be fun well any any conclusions any final thoughts how do you feel this went i think it went good well, good. I'm happy to hear it. I'm glad you're willing to do this. Let's dance. Come on. I love you. Come on. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and uh, getting more real than we've gotten probably ever. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Just because I love you. Yeah. I love you too. And hopefully we'll continue this. Yeah. You have to have me again next Mother's Day. Yep. Sounds good. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my mom as much as I did. And I would encourage you to go out and do the same. Um, That's what this show is all about. We're all about having uncomfortable dialogue with people, um, just getting real and figuring out why you believe what you believe, you know, being nice, but, you know, disagreeing and coming to your own conclusions and respecting other people's conclusions. I think that that's what the world needs in this time of social media bickering and shouting and assuming that people that disagree with you are your enemy. The world needs more people saying, you know what? Let's talk about it. That's it. I disagree with you. Let's talk about it. We might not even come to conclusions that we agree upon, but we can still talk about it. We can still be humans with each other. Anyway, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you're not a member of the Downers Club, you are doing yourself a great disservice because if you enjoy this show and you want this show to get bigger and better and get better guests on, get bigger, more uncomfortable content, if you want to get the other two-thirds of the show, you got to sign up for the Downers Club. That's what keeps us going. And in return, you get a whole bunch of bonus audio content. You get two to three episodes every single week of bonus audio, and you get our whole backlog of bonus audio content that's been going on for as long as I can remember, and there's, there's tons of it in there. It'll keep you entertained for months. It's basically the Netflix of the system is down. 
Tons of stuff that you can binge listen to and be entertained for as little as $5 a month. And actually, after the conversation that I had here with my mom, we talked a little bit more extensively into some of the conspiracy stuff, like the Flat Earth stuff and the 9-11 stuff, some of the stuff that um, we've never talked about. It's never even been raised in conversation before. So if you want all of that, just go to tsidpod.com forward slash support and sign up for the Downers Club. Also, if you're not already a member, you can sign up for the System is Down forum, which is absolutely free. You can go in there, talk to me, talk to a lot of the guests that I have on the show, talk to a bunch of similarly strange-minded uh, conspiracy, religion-y, uh, political people that have just somewhat counterculture views, I suppose. It's it's hard to explain it. Just a bunch of weirdos that analyze a lot of the stuff that you do, too. And it's great, uncomfortable conversations. We have a lot of different people on a lot of different sides. If you want to join that, just go to tsidpod.com forward slash forum. And if I'm talking too quickly and you can't understand what I'm saying, you can find all the links to all of this stuff in the show notes, in the show description. And another completely free way that you can support the show is by going to iTunes and just leaving us a five-star review and uh, some happy thoughts because that helps people know what they're getting into with this show. It helps people know that this show is good quality entertainment and good conversations. So it costs you nothing and it takes maybe two to three minutes. So go do that. Also, go over to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, do all the liking, subscribing, sharing, a uh, little bell thing on YouTube that alerts you when we have a new episode out. Do all of that fun stuff that millennials do to help get the word out about this show. And possibly most importantly, just talk to somebody face-to-face, have a real conversation with them this week. Step outside your comfort zone, step outside your little bubble, and have a real conversation about an uncomfortable topic with somebody. Conversation is dead. Let's revive it. That's what we're here for. So thank you guys so much again for listening. And of course, if you'll have me, I'll be right back here in your ears next Monday morning with some more uncomfortable conversations. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, question everything and stay uncomfortable. Thanks. This has been a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. <laughs>